So I have the privilege of introducing someone who needs no introduction. <laughs> Brent Locker, our senior, senior pastor and founder, along with Suzanne. We love you. I'm good. Thank you. Well, I need lots of help. That's why I have Jesus. There we go. <sighs> Let's pray. Father, thank you for, for the, uh, the joy of family. Thank you for love and your love for us and how your love through us impacts each other in some really great and amazing ways. Father, we're so blessed um, to be your kids, and uh, we, we're inviting you, Holy Spirit, to just come and have your way in us. We're um, opening up our hearts to you and, and just saying that um, we trust you, that you do good things. Just like we were singing earlier, you, um, we're in a process, and we, we trust you in that process, that you're going to finish what you started in us. So sweet, sweet Holy Spirit, thank you for coming and filling up our hearts and filling up this place with love and grace and kindness and tenderness and goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Good stuff. Well, um, yeah, we had yesterday, uh, I know we probably yesterday, two days ago. Yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving. That's that day. You know, that day. Um, uh, we, we had 35 of uh, Suzanne's family uh, packed into our house. And uh, we had two tables in the dining room and two tables out in the living room. And it was fun. It was so much fun. Crazy fun. And it was wild because, you know, every time I, we talk to each other and we kind of give our, each other high fives afterwards because we pulled it off again, you know. <laughs> How did we do that? Not sure, but we did it. But then it's also wild how afterwards it, it just goes back to the house. It, you know, it's so full with people, and then it just goes back down. It feels so quiet. And, uh, but I'm glad for quiet, too. I'm glad for, I love the crazy, and I love the quiet. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're in that season of thanks. And, uh, you know, thanks be to God for his, the indescribable gift of Jesus indescribable gift. And, and we're heading into a season right now of preparing for Christmas. And believe it or not, that Christmas is all about preparing our hearts for the coming of Jesus, remembering that, that there was a plan in which God said, I have to show myself to you. Um, Emmanuel is God with us, right? I've got to be with you. And there's, there's, there's a reason why I have to enter into history as, as a human. So we're in this season of great thanksgiving and remembering all the whys, you know, behind Jesus and how amazing he is. And um, there's a verse that we all know very well, which is, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that, that whoever believes in him should not... Prairies. Amen. That was the, that life forever and ever and ever. Amen. <laughs> so um, we know this verse well, and um, I've been re-repondering it, and uh, 
first of all, I want to just show you something that, that I was learning uh, just this week, that, that, that God loved the world so, um, meaning most of the translations say, for God so loved the world, which means he really, really loved the world, but that's not actually what, what the, the Greek understanding of that is. It's God loved the world, absolutely. It's all love. And that term so refers to the manner in which something is done. He, he loved the world, and so in that manner, he gave his son. Um, yes, that's in the source Bible. And, um, and, and so what did he give? He gave his only begotten son. And I want to talk about that word real quick for a moment. Monogenes, which is pertaining to being the only one of its kind within a specific relationship. A lot of the versions you have skip begotten and say God's one and only son. The problem with that is we got a whole room full of son and daughters here. So it doesn't quite make as much sense as when you go back to the Greek word, which means there's a special, unique, one-of-a-kind father-son relationship with Jesus, one who was begotten, one who, you know, from, uh, from eternity to eternity existed with the father. That son was the one he gave. And um, I was talking about this verse this week with um, Nabil Elfar, Pastor Nabil from Jordan. He was actually here earlier this week, and we had uh, a chance to hang out for a while. And we started talking about this verse. And, you know, this, it's funny because this is one of those verses we've all, you know, heard so many times if you've grown up, especially in, in Christian home or in church, you've heard this so many times, but all of a sudden, this, this verse took on such new meaning for me this week. Just as we started thinking about, or I, as I was talking to Bill, I said to him, you know, um, if my son, I, I, I would give my life for my son to be alive. Absolutely, I would do that. But would I give my son's life for you? I wouldn't do it. And it's in that moment with him, it wasn't just hypothetical. Like it almost feels now like hypothetical. In that moment, I was actually thinking about it, what that would actually require. I'm going to give my son. I'll give my life for my son, yes. My son's life for you? Wouldn't do it. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just saying that's, but that's what the father did. And I... I want to show you a clip of a movie. We're going to see several clips tonight. I want to show you a clip of a movie. This is um, from a movie, John Q. And um, in it, uh, Denzel Washington, the clip we're going to see, he, he had a son, a 10-year-old son, who had an enlarged heart and was going to die. And, uh, and in the movie, because his HMO wouldn't cover it, his son was going to die. He had, they had no way to pay for you know, this kind of a massive surgery. So he actually goes into a hospital and brings a gun so that, so that he's going to make them do this operation, like wait for the next available donor. Because like, they, don't, they don't have the money, but my son's not going to die. So this is why I just want to set it up for you. This is, this is the uh, scene here. Without a new heart, he's not going to make it. Okay. 
take mine. What? You heard me. Take my heart, and you put it in Mike. Oh, man, you done lost your damn mind. You can't be serious. You bet I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Oh, my God. Wow. Man, that means you'll be dead. And my son will live. John, you can't do this. I know you want to see the rest of the movie. Uh... So here's a case, like I can understand this one. Um, here's a case where uh, a father saying, I, am, I, I will actually give up my life. There's a lot more to this story. It's quite fascinating, actually. Uh, but I will give up my life for my son to live. I get that. I really do. I'm like, okay, I would do that. But once again, what God did for us was, was far beyond that, to say, I'm going to give up my son's life for you. And it's one thing to say, I would give up, I would give up uh, my son's life for some really good people. But as we see in, in Romans chapter 5, that's not at all who he gave his life for. For when the time was right, the anointed one, Jesus, he came and he died to demonstrate the Father's love. His, there is the Father, to demonstrate the Father's love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Now, who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us. For God so loved the world. For God loved the world. His passionate love by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. So it's not just saying what I sacrifice my son for you. It's saying what I sacrifice my son for a terrorist. Would I really do that? This is exactly what God did for each, for each one of us. And, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that as we think about what Jesus has done, we know what he has saved us from. We know, you know, the mis- we all have mistakes. We all have um, actions, decisions we've made that have hurt ourselves and others around us deeply. That we're so glad we are, we are not, that is not held against us. That does not um, take away in our, our relationship from the Father because of what Jesus has done. So we're all in that boat. We were, we, uh, you know, the, uh, the ones that, 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 that whipped Jesus, the ones that crucified him, that was us. Barabbas, through the crowds, you know, ch- chanted, let go of Barabbas, not Jesus. We were Barabbas. We were the criminal that got let go. That's who we are in this story. And, um, but this is the love This is the love of a father. God loved the world. And for that reason, he said, I will give my son for a a much greater, much greater good. But if but don't think for a moment that this didn't cost the father greatly. Sometimes we think about the sacrifice Jesus went through for us, which is so true. But don't think for a moment this bypassed the Father, that he didn't have 
the emotion, the raw emotions behind it. Sometimes we don't think God has emotions because, well, he knows all things, right? So he knows how this is going to turn out. It's easy to kind of intellectualize that and say, oh, well, therefore he didn't experience any pain in this at all. That's just simply not true. Because God, he's by his choice, by God's choice, he's in the moment with us. He's continually in the moment with us. If that's not true, there are no emotions. But, it, but how, if that's true, if there's no emotions, how can we grieve the Holy Spirit, for example? How is that even possible? But the scriptures say it is. So God feels, and we're made in his image. So actually, even though sometimes we wish we didn't have all these emotions that get so out of control, and we just don't want people to see our emotions, guess what? That actually comes from God. That's part of being made in his image. We don't usually think about that, but it's true. So again, don't believe for a moment this didn't cost the Father everything as well. And I love in the passion, uh, sorry, the um, Passion of the Christ movie at the crucifixion where the teardrop falls from heaven representing the Father's, the Father's angst through all of this. we thank you and Holy Spirit we thank you thanks for this indescribable gift Lord I just thank you tonight that once again we can uh, remember the truth of all that you've done Jesus and so tonight I want to take communion um, right away this is we're just going to take communion as not this time thanks um, we're going to take communion and uh, just to be able to um, stop, to, to appreciate and thank Jesus for what he's done. But also, there's uh, so much more to the story. So we are going to go on from here. But go ahead, um, those that are passing it out, go ahead and pass it out right now. And for those of you out here... Um, like we've done some other times, I actually want you to take the bread and the cup right now so you all have both with you. And there are um, gluten-free crackers in the cup if you need that. Thank you, Father. And Jesus, thanks that you are right here. You're right here with us. Holy Spirit, just continue to um, saturate our hearts with truth tonight. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And so what we're going to do in a moment when all of you have um, 
receive the elements and have them. Uh, don't take them yet. We're going to take them together. Um, but what we're going to do tonight is um, I have another clip from the Passion. And this is at the, the Lord's Supper. And so when Jesus actually, uh, in, in, the, in the film, when Jesus um, asks his disciples, you know, to take and eat, I want you to do it with, with, with his disciples, with his followers. And then the same thing with the drink. And kids, it's wonderful to have you back for a moment with us. Um, Kate let me know that the children love, love, love taking communion with us. And so as whenever possible, we try to bring them back in to do that. All right, how are we all doing? You there? So once again, Lord, even though we are are watching a film, we know that this actually happened. And, And so take us deeper, Jesus, into your heart and into... Um, the willingness, even at the at the Lord's Supper, um, your willingness to walk through uh, this sacrifice of your life, the willingness of the Father to um, to know the price that had to be paid, so that there could be, so that we could all be with you forever. So as we're taking communion, we are we are inviting your sweet Spirit to take us deeper into you. In Jesus' name.
maha amanimpi. Matinda undiehue ana arf koste. Laitei näisalabalehin piati. Kabilule, wa okulu, tenau kishmi, tilkomi hiv. So go ahead and eat and drink. Kabilu, steu, tenademi, tebreitha. Chadatha di hivlechom wachrabim di mashlech hatayin. Udo denale te grani. Jesus, we are so filled with um, thanks and gratitude and so much love in our hearts, Jesus, that, that you would love us, that you would, uh, for the joy set before you, you would see us and you would endure the cross. Father, thank you for loving us in such a way that you had to have us as your very own. And we thank you also, Lord, that uh, this wasn't the end of the story. And so I want to play one more clip before you guys go. One more clip. Because this is not the end. Right? This is not the end. remember watching that in the, in the theater? My uh, little Aaron was, I don't know, at the time, but he was just 
you know, it was too much. It was, it was so much for him, for a little guy. Um, so he just tucked under, and he didn't actually watch a lot of the movie. He just kind of, I just held him. Um, I remember, though, on that scene, uh, Suzanne, uh, just, I remember you. Yes! You know, she was like, yes! Because you had all that pent up for, you know, an hour or two of watching all the, how horrible it was. But we've, but this is what we have to remember. This is what happened. This is, why is this so important? Well, he died, he died for our sins. He died to take away our sins. Yes! But he's alive because he wants intimacy and closeness and connection and love if he didn't, you know, if he wasn't back to life again, then all the rest was for naught. But he, he, he didn't. I'm gonna. Please hear me out here. Please don't misquote me someday, okay? But he didn't die primarily to to take our sins away. He took our sins away so that we would have nothing in the way of intimacy with him. Do you, do you see the difference? There's a there's a different goal in mind here. So so this is why it's so important and. And so I want to shift us a little bit to talk about this inward journey with Jesus. We would all we would all agree and say and, and agree and say that Jesus is right here. We know He's here, right? Um, he says He says with His own words, "The kingdom of God is within you." And, and so often, especially when we're in hard places or we're wondering where God is, we're just thinking he's out there somewhere. Why aren't, why aren't you listening to me? Lord, why are my prayers bouncing off the ceiling? And he says, oh, are you talking to me? Kingdom of God is within. Right here. Um, when we worship, um, over the years, um, Suzanne and I both have noticed, I don't think either one of us taught the other this, but I noticed that when we worship a lot, um, often, w- one of our hand, you know, for each of us, I'll just speak for myself, my hand is, is like right here, touching my heart, and my other hand might be out, or, which makes sense, because he's right here, so I know I'm not like trying to get him to come, he's right here. And, and uh, the other hand, though, is that he also fills the earth, you know? It's like he's, he's not contained in here, but he's right here. And so I, today, I want to help you. I, this, we're, this is going to be really practical today. We started with the truth of how grateful we are. He died for us. He's alive. How do we connect with the one who did everything so that no connection would, would ever need to be broken? How do we connect with him? Why do we feel distance at all? You know, if he's right here. And, and uh, I want to read to you from, first of all, from uh, Colossians 1, 26 and 27, that says there's a divine mystery. It's a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Now, when I think about the kingdom and 
the kingdom's right here. The kingdom is within us. How many of you, um, did you ever, uh, back in the day, did you ever have those uh, encyclopedias, you know, when you had to buy the whole set? Any of you remember that? We needed this, yeah, internet took care of all that, right? But, but back in the day, and did, and did you have the one where, where when you saw the human body, you had those layers, and you had the, you know, you peeled off the organs, and then there's the muscle structure and the skeletal structure, and that's, that's the kingdom. It's, it's, inner, it's interlaced. It's not out there somewhere. It's not somewhere else. This is why, if you can get this, if you can kind of see that picture, this is, it will change uh, how you pray. It will change, it will change um, how you see miracles start to happen because you realize you're not trying to go grab something somewhere and bring it back. It's right here. Jesus says it's at hand. It's right in front of you. It's all here. And if you could see that, your whole world would change. Um, so here's, this is the nature of the change. Hmm. Truth is no longer something external to me. It's the reality I experience and receive because of the living Lord Christ within. And God is no longer far away. He lives within me. Now, I know that image is a little disturbing. I get it. I do. I, I found it. I put it up there just to give you... It's, I realize this isn't the way it is. There isn't a zipper over our face, you know? <laughs> but I am trying to help us to see it's that real. Here's another scripture that actually shows that same idea. God said in 2 Corinthians 4, for God, it's God who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness. And he's the one who has cascaded his light into us and made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. There it is. We are like common clay jars. Most of your scriptures will say, uh, what's that? Yeah, earthen vessels and, you know, cracked vessels and stuff that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. Um, yeah, that, like, I'm going to go to this next picture just for a moment. I'm going to explain that book in a second, Madam Guyane. I just wanted to change that picture out because I know how images work. When you see an image, that's kind of the only thing you can think of. And so I want to say, for me, I don't think of Jesus as a full body underneath me, but I, there are times when I think about every cell in my body activated, energized by him. Every cell in my body, which would include your brain cells, and it would include every, you know, every part of you. There is Colossians, this is not like stretching the truth. Colossians 1 says that everything is made by him and for him and through, through Christ, everything. That includes every part of who you are. That includes every part of who anybody on this earth is, regardless of whether they believe in him or not. Isn't that fascinating, amazing? That even the ones that would, that would scoff at Jesus and, and you know, uh, say that he's not, he's not the son of God, their only reason they're alive is because every cell of their body is alive and activated by him. He is the only life there is. He is the source of all life. Without him, there is no life. Just because we don't see it, you know, doesn't, doesn't make that untrue. So I think, of, I think of every cell of my body being activated. There are times where I think of it more like a swirling, like the spirit just swirling within me. 
there are times where I can feel things. I can feel um, warmth. I can feel a variety of things, and I, and I just know it's him. Um, but the practical, how do we connect in? Why do we feel like he's distant? If this is all true, if he couldn't be any closer than inside of you, you know, what are we missing here? Um, if you've not read this book, I actually read it many, many years ago, many, many years ago. This is Madame Guyane. I don't know when this was written. Long time ago. Um, yeah, exactly. She's a mystic. I don't know how long, but a long time ago, before we were born. So this is not something new. Let me put it that way. And, um, but I read it a long time ago, but recently um, I was at a conference, and they gave everybody at the conference a free copy of this to, to read, and it just got me thinking about this book again. And um, yeah, that's for a minute. There we go. So I'm going to read a little bit of it to you, and then we're actually going to try it out. Because if you haven't figured out by now, Blazing Fire is a place where we try things out. What's the point of just talking about it if we can actually do it? So there you go. And in this, she talks about two types of prayer, which I'm going to read very briefly. And her goal, if you read the intro in the first chapter, her goal is just to draw you into this Jesus who is so present all the time. And um, basically, she says, we're making it way, way, way too difficult. The deepest things in the, in the spirit are always received in childlike faith. It's the, it's the simplicity that we're missing. So she talks about. Um, so here we go. She says the first, the first type of prayer she's going to call the praying the scripture. Turn to the scripture. We're going to practice this in just a minute. So turn to a scripture. Choose some passage that is simple and fairly practical. Next, come to the Lord. Come quietly and humbly. And there before him, read a small portion of the passage of Scripture that you have opened to. Be careful as you read. Take in fully, gently, and carefully what you are reading. Taste it and digest it as you read. In the past, it may have been your habit while reading to move very quickly from one verse of Scripture to another until you've read a whole passage. Perhaps you are seeking to find the main point of the passage. But in coming to the Lord by means of praying the Scripture... You do not read quickly. You read very slowly. You do not move from one passage to another, not until you have sensed the very heart of what you have read. You then may then want to take that portion of Scripture that has touched you and turn it into a prayer. And after you've sensed something of the passage and after you know that the essence of that portion has been extracted and all the deeper sense of it is gone, then very slowly, gently, and in a calm manner, begin to read the next portion of the passage. You'll be surprised to find that when your time with the Lord has ended, you will have read very little, probably no more than half a page. Praying the scripture is not judged by how much you read, but by the way in which you read. If you read quickly, it will benefit you little. You will be like a bee that merely skims the surface of a flower. Instead, in this new way of reading with prayer, you must become as the bee who penetrates into the depths of the flower. You plunge deeply within to remove its deepest nectar. 
the second part is going to expand this a little further into really being so present with the one who's right here. But this is about how to read scripture in a very different way that brings you into that presence. Um, and so here's a scripture that's just been doing something to me lately. Um, I'm just going to read the whole thing first. Live in the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to accomplish the good things you desire to do. That's just a great passage right there. Now, already your brain is starting to reread it because you're like, you're thinking, well, okay, there was something good there. I'm not sure what it was, but you're going back, right? Which is, that, that's what she's saying. If you zip through scripture, you're catching maybe a thing here or there, but you're missing mm, the depth of the, of the riches of this thing. So, I'm just going to read it a little bit kind of the way I would read it doing this. Live in the holy awe of God. <laughs> live, live, Brent, live in the holy awe of God. The holy awe. God, you are here. You are here. Yahweh, Yahweh. There's a holy presence. And this is where I'm, I'm living right now. I'm living in the holy awe of who you are. I'm going to tell you, we could, we could spend half an hour on this passage. We're not going to do that tonight. But this holy awe brings you trembling into his presence. God, it's your awe that brings me. It's, it's living in the awe of who you are that brings me into your presence. And not just into your presence, but trembling, 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 God. <laughs> into your glorious presence, God, your presence. This is what we want. This is all we want. Father, this is what we want. And so we're going to live in this holy awe of who you are. And you're going to bring us into your presence. And you will continually, continually revitalize me. God, you're going to, you are going to do this. You are going to do this over and over and over again continually, Father. You're going to revitalize me. You're going to breathe fresh life into me. Life. Life, life, fresh life, continually, continually, right inside of me. And that revitalization, God, your revitalization is going to implant within me. You're, you are going to plant within me, God, a passion. Lord, I want more passion, and you're the one that plants it into me. Implant the passion, God. As I spend time in your presence, as you revitalize me, God, you are planting within me the passion that I desire, the passion that I need, the passion to accomplish, to accomplish the very good things that, you, that I desire to do. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for... Whew, 
who you are. Thank you for the glory of who you are, Papa. Thank you that our Father in heaven is right here with his kids. And we are coming trembling into your presence. But you are revitalizing us right now, God. Any places where hope has left, you are saying, "Uh uh-uh, I'm revitalizing you. And I am putting passion in you. And you are going to accomplish the good things that I've planted within you the very desire to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Right? That's, you know, I'm looking around. So many of you are lost somewhere, which is good. This is good. This is what she's saying is, this is, like I said, this was just a little tiny sample. Could have spent a whole lot more time. And to be honest with you, I'm feeling lots of the Spirit, but it goes, I don't know, ten times deeper when I'm by myself. It's a little harder to do it in front of you, but I've done it for long enough that I can. It's just not quite the same. I don't know if this is making sense. Because it's good for us to read scripture together, but man, there's something about just you and the Lord. He will take you deep if that's where you want to go. Now, let me just, right now, just before I go on to the next part, you know, what if, you, what if you, you're like, I've tried, I've tried, I'm not experiencing this, I don't get it, I'm not feeling him. First of all, um, if it's the desire of your heart to connect in, with the one who's inside of you, you will. You absolutely will. I remember when I first was trying to learn how to water ski. I was in junior high, I think about seventh, eighth grade, something like that. Never water skied before. And I had someone that that was instructing me, you know, this is what you do. And we got all the gear on now. The boat's going to, like, kind of start pulling you and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, this is how you put the skis up. And they can tell you all that you want, but when you're in the water, it's a whole different ball game when you've never done it before. I know there's the occasion of somebody that pops up for the first time. That's the exception, not the rule. That wasn't, didn't happen to me. I fell many times trying to figure this thing out. And it was frustrating. Why? Because I really wanted to water ski. I wanted that experience. I had never had that before. What's that like to bounce on top of the water? How exhilarating must that be? I was not giving up. There's no way. There was no way. And so I don't know whether it was the fifth time, the tenth time, I don't remember. It's been too long. But it took several times and finally popped up. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exhilarating. This is so amazing. But you know what? I fell pretty quickly, actually, the first time. Yeah, the first couple times. It wasn't until maybe the third time up that I actually was on the skis for, you know, several minutes and just got the thrill of going around the lake for a while. This is how it is. You have, you, you get some instruction, even like tonight. And the Lord may give you some, you know, you may read some instructions or you, you like, try this, do that. But if in your heart you're saying, I want the exhilaration of knowing an intimacy with Jesus that goes deep, 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 where I am feeling every care a million miles away. This is what happens in his presence, by the way. Truly, it does. It, every care a million miles away. I'm not talking about 
right now, here's another question you have. Well, because when we're not feeling it, when we're not feeling the Lord, we're saying, Lord, where are you? Why are my prayers not being answered? What's going on? What does it even matter if I pray or not? Anybody? Yeah. That's because we're still right here in our minds. We're, we're thinking it through, and we're trying to think through something that is not happening, and then we get really frustrated, and that really messes with our brains. Now we just seem like we're farther and farther from the Lord. But see, this is actually a spirit-to-spirit encounter. When I feel Jesus, and we're going to get to this next prayer in a minute, I've, I've encountered this dozens of times in the last 24 hours. It's, it's right here. Oh. It's not something I'm thinking. I'm not thinking about a picture, certainly not that zipper picture. You know, I'm not thinking that <laughs> at all. I'm like, oh, he's right here. See, I'm feeling it totally right now. He's right here. And so I'm trying to give you a visual only because it's that real. This is not something I'm making up. This is something, it's not just for a select few. It's not just for a mystic who wrote a book about it. Jesus died and then was raised to life for every single one of us to encounter him. And so, so I want to read the next one again. But I understand that you have questions. I understand you get frustrated at times. I'm saying don't give up. Not, in, not if you really want to get up on that water. Then you don't give up. Because this is too rich. It's too good. It's too good. And as I was just talking about uh, earlier uh, with someone, that I would, that we're, as we were getting in pairs, um, the presence of the Lord right now is, is increasing and increasing. We've, we've all been, many of us have been feeling this over the last few months, like undeniably tangible presence of the Lord increasing. We've seen more and more miracles. We've seen... The, the prophetic teams last week said, oh my gosh, it was so easy to hear the Lord's voice. Um, it is, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, this is just the Lord's grace, but I'm saying for you who have felt frustrated that you haven't been connecting in with Jesus the way you want, I'm saying it's getting easier than ever, which isn't a way for you. Don't beat yourself up and say, what's my problem? That's, that is going to take you further away. It is simply just saying, Jesus, you're here. You're right here. Um, let me read the next one to you, and then we're gonna we're gonna try it. We're gonna put on some music and try this. All right. So here we go. And by the way, Madame Guyenne would tell you if I didn't already say this, she would say the main thing getting in the way of these deep encounters is is our brains, because we're just way overthinking this thing. And every time she even talks about distractions in here, what do you do? And she says, if, you're, if your thoughts are taking you away from Jesus, don't try to think a different thought. That's usually how, that's still us trying by self-effort to try to get somewhere. She's saying, no, no, no. Just don't try to think a different thought because that's still your brain trying to fix your brain. <laughs> Instead, just go right back to saying, okay, Jesus, you're right here. You're right here. Let me, uh, let me read this. The second prayer is called Beholding the Lord or Waiting on the Lord. In Beholding the Lord, you come to the Lord in a totally different way. This is different than reading scriptures slowly. Perhaps at this point, I need to share with you the greatest difficulty, here it is, that you will have in waiting upon the Lord. It has to do with your mind. The mind has a very strong tendency to stray away from the Lord. 
Therefore, as you come before your Lord to sit in his presence, beholding him, make use of the scripture to quiet your mind. The way to do this is really quite simple. First, read a passage of scripture. Once you sense the Lord's presence, the content of what you have read is no longer important. (laughs) Did you get that? Let me read that again, because this is really key. Once you sense, first read a scripture, a passage. Once you sense the Lord's presence, the content of what you have read is no longer important. Because it did what it was designed to do. It was drawing you in. And I think often, I think often this is what happens, is that we actually feel the Lord more than we think. But we kind of just zip right past that too. Like all of a sudden you get, something just feels kind of good to you. Just a little warmth. A little, like, ah, I felt a little peace there. But then we just kind of move right on. Rather than saying, wait a minute, time out. That was the goal. I, that was it. I just encountered him. And this is what happens is early on, it's, it's not as strong. It's not as often. And so you can easily kind of pass right over it. But the more you actually give it attention, the more you actually value it and say, Lord, this is what I want, you can actually start begin to learn how to stay there longer and longer. Now, like anything, it's hard to really, truly explain how to do it. It's one of those things in life, as the more you, the more you actually make this your goal, the more you see shifts happening. And, and she also explains in this book that things are happening always in your spirit. But if your mind doesn't, if your mind can't figure out what's going on, you will often dismiss the whole thing. You will, if your mind can't, doesn't feel like there's a change or something going on, you're not, a, you're not giving credence to what's going on in your spirit. All right, let me just do a little bit more. Then we're going to try it. Um, the scripture then has served its purpose. It has quieted your mind. It has brought you to him. Once your heart has been turned inwardly to the Lord, you will have an impression of his presence. You will be able to notice his presence more acutely because your outer senses have now become very calm and quiet. Your attention is no longer on outward things or on the surface thoughts of your mind. And instead, sweetly and silently, your mind becomes occupied with what you have read and by that touch of his presence. Yeah, there's so much more. So, we're going to, I want to go back to, uh, if you can have the music ready. Oops. Not sure what happened there. I wanted to go back to um, hmm. can you go back to the one um, the slide that has the first slide of the uh, Colossians passage it's the one with the picture but the picture won't show up when it I can't see it in front of me so I can't get there 
There, perfect. Thank you. So just just because, just to choose something. Um, in, in just a moment, um, I've, asked, I've asked them to put on some, some quiet music. We're just going to try this for a minute, okay? For a couple of minutes. But I want to say that words, the, the deeper you go with Jesus, words aren't as important the more you go along. Like sometimes we try to fill things with words because we think that prayer is just words, words, words. Like if I say enough words, something will happen. It's really, if we could almost kind of reverse that and just say, really, the fewer words that are needed, the better. Meaning, um, sometimes for me, it's just, it's just Jesus, I love you, or I receive your love, or you're right here. And already, like even now, I'm beginning to feel his presence. I'm only talking because I'm talking to you, but I would stop right there, <laughs> as I'm doing now. And I begin to feel him. He's right there. He's right here. Jesus is right here. So as you're reading scripture, if you, if you, I want to go down to the third line. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with expectation of glory. In just a moment as the music comes on, I'm not going to coach you through this because otherwise it will be too distracting for everybody. So I'm coaching you ahead of time. But I want you to use, use your mouth, use your lips for just, just like, on, like a whisper to say, you know, Living within me. Jesus, you live within me. You're right here. You live within me. You're flooding me. You're flooding me with your presence, with the expectation of glory. If those words don't speak to you, don't even use them. The whole point of this, once you start to feel something, you start to feel his presence, you don't need to keep saying words. You just start in, you just turn, go right into enjoying because that's the whole goal of intimacy, of closeness. You guys ready to try? I know, I know. Please try this at home. This is just to give you a few practical things to try for those of you that are saying, I got to get closer connected to Jesus. So let's turn on the music, please. And Holy Spirit, take us into deep places with Jesus. Oops. Yeah, don't worry about it then. Just go to do the music if we can't do both. A little softer, please. So again, use your lips. Jesus, you're living within me.
So I just want to stop and and, uh, thank you, Lord, for drawing us in and teaching us. And Lord, for every heart in this room that is longing for uh, something that that they know is real, something that feels, uh, love feels like something. So I'm asking God for that, that deep connection of love within the hearts of your children. I'm asking God that by a work of your grace, you would bring us back to childlikeness and, and that we would enter in and realize it's all here. Jesus, you're right here. Everything's been paid for. Everything. I ask God that in these coming days, just these coming days, not just weeks and months, but in the coming days, that there would be something that would happen in the hearts of each one of us to want, to want, uh, to, to be more intentional about our longing, uh, to see our longing fulfilled, to, to, to turn our attention, our gaze inward, Jesus, where you reside. And to realize there is no distance. And I'm asking God for each person in this room that they will encounter you more deeply, with more ease. And God, thank you that the gift of your presence is what takes away stress and anxiety and fear and doubt, and shame, all those things, none of those things can stand in your presence. They just can't. So we need you. We need these encounters. We need you, Lord. We need you. So I I understand, you know, with a, a, a relatively short time, this is just a. This is just a, almost like a teaser, you know. Like, I'm hoping, like, for some of you in here, this is going to do something to you, and you're going to go home in your in your own prayer closet. Um, but also that to to give you that desire to value the presence even more. There's something about the value of it. Because there's a lot of things in life that we do. There, there are certain things in life that are really um, destructive, obviously. Certain things we can be doing that are very destructive. There's a lot of other things that are just there. You know, they're not good or bad. They're just things that we do. But I'm saying the more that you experience and encounter this depth of the Christ in you, the more those other things start fading away as far as their importance. And suddenly you find yourself wanting him more and encountering him more. And it's like this, you know, this, this something rolling down the hill that's picking up steam. It just, it just grows. It does. So don't give up. That's what I'm saying to you. Don't give up. My whole point tonight was to tell you, yes, he died for you. To set you free from the very things that, would, that could possibly separate you from God. Done with. Done. But he's alive so that you can experience him and encounter him again and again and again and again and again in deeper and deeper ways. That's what you were born for. That's what you were born for. And apart from that, that's where fear, anxiety, anger, all kinds of other emotions that aren't terrible. Our emotions aren't bad things, but they weren't meant 
especially the ones that send us down in spirals. They weren't meant to hold you, to control you. Jesus is. So because of time, I'm going to close us up here. Um, but if you have questions, um, I'm very open to talking to you all about this. And um, could, could we have the prayer teams come on up, please? Because you know what? As I mentioned a little while ago, um, as God's presence is increasing and increasing, truly, truly, we are seeing more and more miracles. Um, we are. So um, I just want to encourage you also, not just, to, not just for that reason to come up for prayer if you need prayer, but also step out and pray for people as you go. Because I'm watching more and more miracles that are happening just wherever I am, out of the streets, different places. So um, just be bold. And the more that Christ is in you, the more you'll just know, oh, this is the power I have. This is him. It's him in me. It just is. Amen. So I bless you all in Jesus' name. If you need prayer, come this way. Feel free to chat with each other. And we bless you.